Welcome to the Bucket Problem, episode sixty-two. I am your fo- I am your host, Ace Ambender. I'm back, and I apparently forgot how to say the word host. Um, it's really me. It's not Connor, um, who is not here. But I'm joined by Taylor Fulton of MeetAtMidfield.com. Uh, we are presented by Homefield Apparel and PointsBet, proud member of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, and we are Meet at Midfield production. Final score of Saturday's game: Michigan thirty-one, Indiana ten. Total yardage 469 to 222 in favor of the Wolverines. If you were thinking that score sounded a little close. Um, I think the most important news we have right now is that Mike Hart is back and recovering in Ann Arbor after suffering a uh, seizure during the first half of the game, which was a very scary scene. But uh, he was discharged from the hospital after staying Overnight in Bloomington is back in Ann Arbor. Fred Jackson, the uh, longtime running backs coach who rejoined the program as an analyst over the offseason, is uh, holding his post while uh, Hart recovers. But it seems like he'll be back relatively soon, which is uh, wonderful news. Um, And that's uh, we'll start with good news. Taylor, uh, your big mood is significantly more positive than mine. Yeah, (laughs) that's going to start with you. That that's very fair. Um, so I actually have my big mood is Michigan adjacent, but it is not necessarily uh directly related to anything that has happened over the past week. Um, so first of all, two of my friends who are listeners just got engaged. Uh so Becca and David, shout out, congratulations. Um, I'm I'm very, very happy for you. Um, and so that's really cool. I found out that they got engaged and that was wild. So I'm very, very happy for them. Um, And then another friend who is a listener of the show um, would like me to shout out Max and Hannah um, who are getting married on Saturday uh, during the Penn state game. Um, Whether or not that was like, I believe that was, I believe from my understanding, it was scheduled when Penn state, when it was an away game, when, Uh. when situate, when the situation was different. However, um, it is it is still a fall football season wedding. But um, listen, I am not here to to tell anybody. We're not judging. We're, right. we're just saying that when you do that, you might be playing with fire. <laughs> I will say, like, if there are people like at the reception, like huddled around a phone, like don't, you can't be you can't be like upset about that. No. Um, I it's definitely like it, it's different if it's like no like neither like. A, a lot of people don't really have a connection to like football in this way, but it sounds like they they are football fans. They are Michigan fans, so um, they're getting shouted out on this podcast, which makes me sense that at least many of the people at this wedding would be uh, interested. Be interested, yes. Um, I would also like to shout out that uh, Jake, who has asked for the shout out, so hi Jake as well. Um, also knows Dan, and he reached out to me first, so I just want to ah. point that out. Um, I would like to point out that I am the preferred co-host of the bucket problem i just want to point that out dan can offer his rebuttal on the premium show um but but here on the free show where where you know the the ears of the nation are on us i just want to say um i just want to say that i i am the preferred shout out co-host um yeah i mean you're the the one stepping up when all the pressure is on when the when everybody is tuned (laughs) in when uh when the lights are on and and nobody else else showed up this week so i i can't i can't argue with anything you just said it's true it's we're 30 seconds we're no actually you know what we're like three seconds left in the fourth in the fourth quarter i am the kicker 
that comes. I'm just I'm the Justin Tucker of this podcast. I just want to point that out. You know the um, operation. You know it takes 1.3 seconds. You know exactly how it's supposed to go. It is. Um, um so yeah, that that's me. I am I am the clutch kicker on this podcast. Um and I just want to point that out. So again, shout out to all to everyone who is celebrating love in all of its forms. Um, congratulations. Um, I am very happy happy for you. Um, and uh keep doing what you're doing, uh, keep being happy and in love. Um, Ace, I'm gonna throw it over to you because your <laughs> big mood is not that. No, I don't feel it at all. I also just want to say that it's it's only adding to my feeling of being old that it's still novel to you that friends are getting married. I mean, like, it's, it's yes, it is. Because <laughs> yes, for me, it's, it's like, sure I, I have recently learned of, like, three different pregnancies <laughs> among people close to me, and they were all, like, planned and good, which is also, like... <laughs> Like I have those too. I I I'm starting to have those, but for the most part, it is engagements and weddings. Um, but and and it's a lot of again my friends from college, which is very cool because we're all again, uh, tied to this godforsaken institution. So that's when yeah. weddings are still very fun too. Is when they're your college friends. Oh, absolutely. Because yes, we we've all been degenerates together at at various. Points There's no lives. need to hide it. There is absolutely <laughs> no need. That is completely true. All right, uh, whew, I'm I'm stalling because how do you go? Foot. Yeah, how do we go from from like weddings to like what you're about to talk to about? literally the goddamn Pinkertons? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, so I was just I don't know. I would say innocently sitting at my computer on uh, I think it was Friday night, um, and uh, yeah, it must it must have been Friday because it was before it was Friday, and um. Someone tweeted to me that uh, on Michigan radio, there was an advertisement for the Pinkerton agency, which um, for those unfamiliar, uh, the Pinkerton agency has Pinkerton agency has been around for about, oh, I don't know, 150 years or so. And uh, for the entirety of that time, they've been shits. They've been union busting shits. Uh, they were basically a. Uh, a private law enforcement agency, um, sort you know, half detectives, half private law enforcement. They would get hired by people like uh, the Carnegies um, to infiltrate unions and bust them up. Sometimes they did it with murder, um, which is which is cool. That's that's definitely what you want. And um, some brilliant asshole in the athletic department decided that the Pinkerton agency, which has attempted to rebrand itself as a consulting firm, but uh, the consulting that they do is with, uh, say, Amazon about their union problems. So nothing has changed there. Um, and they're now headquartered in downtown Ann Arbor, which is really information that nobody should have told me. I wish I didn't know that because uh, I have to bite my tongue um, because felonies. And um, uh, somebody at Michigan decided uh, that you know, it would be a great sponsor for the Michigan hockey team, which hasn't had any scandal uh, at all recently. Definitely not. No, not at all. Certainly um, not. Let's uh, let's be sponsored by the Pinkerton Agency and uh, slap their logo on the boards right next to the visitor's bench where everybody can see it because it's across the, from the camera. It's it's, yeah. it's right there. Um, and uh, yeah, there's a there's an eye 
with a spotlight coming out of it because that's their logo. And it looks like it's spying on the defenseman at the point. Um, it's a it's a hell of a vibe that we've got going here. And in all seriousness, like Michigan has had a lot of problems uh, with um, properly uh, and handling union negotiations in a in an all good faith trustworthy way um the they recently came to a new contract with the nurses union only after uh the nurses filed a lawsuit saying they were not negotiating in good faith there were some pretty uh rocky negotiations with the uh grad student union and um the uh lecturer employees organization in the early uh pandemic times and uh this is spinning in their face. I don't know how else to put it. Yeah. Um, it's it's kind of incredible to associate with them at all in 2022. Um, like, I think a lot of people would be shocked to know that they still exist and don't like wander around in bowler hats uh, because the image of them is very like, like they literally sued Rockstar Games for their portrayal in the video game Red Dead Redemption 2 which I would like to point out is set in 1899. Everybody's on horseback. Um, <laughs> it seems bad. It seems really bad when you have to be like, yeah, this doesn't reflect who we are. And it's like, no, and then it a judge does. threw it out. Cause he was like, yes, it does. You're the fucking Pinkertons. Yeah. You can't run from that. You haven't even changed the name. Yeah. Like, th that's the funniest part to me is that they like fully have not changed the name of like, that they're that they're the, that they're like the Pinkerton agency. Like you couldn't like think of like the PT agency or like something like else. Like there's nothing else in your hundreds plus year history that you could like rely on to pretend that you're not like the Pinkerton agency. Like that's maybe this maybe is like... my suggestion to like the brand team. <laughs> um, like if I if I could consult for an anti union consulting firm, which I would never do, but if I could, if I could offer you that free advice, um, rebrand. Um, I don't know maybe... because I mean, like the thing is, if you want to break up unions, you know exactly who to go to. That is so true. Um, uh, and, and, so and do they, so they with like very well. And like, yeah, God, I don't want to think about why they have ended up with a headquarters in Ann Arbor especially given the recent history of the University of Michigan. But yeah. uh, I don't like it. I don't like thinking about it. I, it's not good. Um, and They've uh, got to have something set up at the career fair. I'm so sorry to do this to you, Ace. You oh, know no. that they've got to be posting up at that career fair in the union every year. I don't and know if it's even thing. still in the union. Michigan is a Pinkerton-ass school. They're going to be people is. interested, and I hate it. <laughs> there are some, there is like, like I'm envisioning like a long line of like Ross students. No offense. If you I was about to say that the Ross. Peace School to Pinkerton pipeline is. Yeah. The, the Ross School of Business to I consult with Pinkerton pipeline is like direct. Like they, like they probably could do internships there. Um, but yeah. <sighs> All oh of this to God. say, I have so I think much to look into. <laughs> I think it makes a perfect amount of sense. It unfortunately, does. I want people to email the regions and tell them why that makes too much sense. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, I'm urging people to do that. I put a link in the post today, and the post is free. Um, so, yes, meetamidfield.com. Uh, yeah, uh, I wrote about the damn Pinkertons because apparently their logo is on the boards at Yoast. 
and I am losing my mind. Yes. Um, uh, and then tomorrow we are, I, I don't know if you got the memo, we are announcing that we are now also meet at midfield sponsored by Pinkerton. Yes. Um, yes. No. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm we, sorry. We, we have followed that. suit. Um, but, you know, that's capitalist, baby. That's, that's, that's true. Just, uh, you know, I complain about UFM because it's a public institution. We can do whatever we want. It's true. Um, yes. We're we're free of those. We're free of, of that accountability at Meeted Midfield. We are. We, we don't um, have taxpayer dollars. That's, that's we just true. take dollars from taxpayers. Same thing. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's a very different thing. <laughs> yeah, see, exactly. It's fine. So thank you to our new sponsors. Um, and yeah. And, really, and we, really see all. we to just wanted together. to let you know we see you. <laughs> uh, oh, no. Let's talk about Indiana it, or you know Michigan's performance against Indiana, uh, because if we keep doing this, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna black out and say something uh, <laughs> felonious. Um, <laughs> Michigan's offense. We're gonna start with that. Um, I want to say as preface preface that I am extremely inclined. Uh, to throw most of the first half away. And I also want to note, I said this at halftime before the second half happened, uh, because uh, you're not going to believe this, but football teams do not have a plan for losing one of their coaches due to a mid-game medical emergency. That's just not part of the deal. Every coach, there there just are not that many. I know you have a lot of uh, staffers on the sideline, but in terms of the actual um, core coaching staff, every one of those guys, has a significant amount of game day responsibility. The run game coordinator for Mike Hart, title for Mike Hart, is not something that is just, it's not just some fake title. Like, he has input on the game plan. He is helping figure out the play calls. Um, So when Michigan's running game died for most of the first half after Mike Hart was carted off, uh, that had probably more to do than just the emotional shock of seeing a coach in a you know potentially life-threatening situation, which is also not to be discounted, obviously, but that Michigan was able to regroup at halftime, come out and just blow the doors off Indiana in the second half, um, I would say is a is a pretty uh good sign that in the first half, you could probably largely ignore what happened, uh, especially once. Uh, Mike Hart left the field and Michigan had to do things down a coach. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, uh, I mean, I would just, I would just say, like, I totally understand this and I agree with it. Um, I do also think that, you know, to an extent, I would just like, you know, keep, keep that first half in the back of your mind. Again, obviously extenuating circumstances. It's like, find it's it's completely like not fine it's beyond fine it's like completely understanding to like look at the whole picture of what happened um i will also say from the just purely football perspective obviously very very emotional day things like that this was also indiana so like indiana was not able to capitalize on michigan's difficult first half um i would say if if something of this nature or even just like issues in the run game came up say perhaps this week or like in a coming game where where perhaps the opponent's a little bit more robust um you know unfortunately like an opposing team is going to feel bad but not necessarily stop their game plan so that that would be the only thing i would say not to not to again discount from 
Mike Hart's like medical situation, not to discount from like obviously the emotion that happened, but I do sort of think it's one of those very precarious situations where like we're better off like asking the question of like why on earth do we put like these 20 year old kids through (laughs) through this especially like when not even like when just when you see like a coach go down like that because that that does not happen very often like oftentimes you see a lot of like really harrowing player injuries or things Mm -hmm. like that we can i think you can ask a larger question of like why do we put these 20 year old kids through this um but you know given kind of the, the constraints of the context that we live in like all i'm saying is like unfortunate like we are like michigan is fortunate that um like like from a purely football perspective this happened against indiana like again i'm not saying it's ever good because you know yeah i mean i don't even know if it's worth analyzing because like right that situation is going to ever happen again right right uh, certainly i hope it doesn't yeah but that's all but i'm just saying like in a similar situation of like you know if a player gets injured or like you know something like that like it's that, if something shakes up your team like that. i would say uh, yeah but, yeah that's uh, all that's all i'm trying to say yeah um so jj mccarthy goes 28 for 36 throws for 304 yards three touchdowns does have the interception runs four times for 26 yards doesn't take a sack despite being pressured seven times according to pro football focus uh, also, two of his uh, very on-target throws were dropped. Um, so 30 on-target throws out of 36 um, on 37 dropbacks with one successful scramble. Uh, that's pretty good, I think. Um, and honestly, I didn't really hate the pick, even though it was a forced ball into the end zone, into coverage, because, first of all, it almost worked. <laughs> and, and like, I, 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 I would prefer... Um, mistakes that are the result of aggression and also McCarthy trying to make a, a you know, a play from it. This wasn't a, like him running around forever and doing some tape forcier bullshit. Um, you know, this was a step into it, zip it, throw into the end zone where he might've trusted his arm a little bit too much maybe, but I mean, those are interceptions that you see from like good quarterbacks at the NFL level. I would much prefer that to, both other turnovers that he has had before and just kind of generally the average college quarterbacks turnover. Um, So, Mm -hmm. I mean, this was a pretty ultra efficient game. If he gets a couple more catches from his receivers, he's averaging basically 10 yards in attempt. Um, And he made a couple spectacular throws on the move. I uh, going back and looking through, I got to be honest um, after the whole Mike Hart thing, it was really hard to concentrate on the mm-hmm. first half yes. of the game. Yeah, uh, yeah. That I, was, I was having yeah. a tough time just staying locked in from play to play. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, you know, I, I don't it, think I have to explain to anybody the concern that they were feeling there. And uh, no, yeah, no, I, no. so like going back through and starting to go back through this game, it was like, wow, like uh, McCarthy made some really, really good throws to the sideline on the run where he just put the ball on an absolute rope. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he he just made a couple NFL level plays that were uh, um, good to see, and I think continue to provide evidence that he is a very above average Big Ten quarterback, probably already, and I think has uh, still has room to improve too. So um, there there is that factor, but that, it's hard to have a perfect QB performance. So unless that's a standard, I uh, I like what we're seeing out of JJ McCarthy. Yeah, um, I, I, I will. I do very much agree with that because, like, 
at, like in the in the situation in the Mike Hart like situation like it was very like it was also obviously like no one knew what had happened um I, I certainly like as, as someone who like has to watch the whole game like felt more comfortable like certainly after like you could see him like thumbs up and like leave and like and was talking to to folks so that that made me feel like like okay maybe like you know think things are better but yeah that's certainly like looming and it's like one of those things where it's like ah, i can't really like not think about about that but yeah upon like review and upon like looking at things again i think you could really kind of call it like a really like an eye of the beholder situation because it's like you can say mccarthy and like the entire offense in this game especially like you can say that like it was really good based on some of the evidence that you saw or it was really bad based on the evidence that you saw oh, and yeah. like you yeah and i think that's i me, mean that- me and our our colleague ryan donnelly our beloved colleague ryan donnelly <laughs> have uh about as divergent of opinions about jj mccarthy i think as you could possibly have from both yes. watching the same things uh yeah he, and, he was uh, not a fan of that interception he did not like that he he was he he did not have he had nice things to say from the Ohio State fan perspective, um, but he did not have complimentary things to say about someone who is watching football. Um, <laughs> so and so, yeah, I think that if you would like to paint a picture of J.J. McCarthy and Michigan's downfall, you do look at the first half and you do look at, you know, the the pick, um, some of the difficulties that McCarthy had Um and you look at some of the like you look at the bad things um, and you certainly Which have is more of the running game than the passing game, because honestly, right. I mean, we should get to that. Um, right. Blake and, Corm, and... 25 carries for 125 yards, but 50 of those came on one very ridiculously good carry. Um, totally. totally. But, uh, um, you know, 24 carries for 75 yards sounds less good. And that's right. that's oh, the yeah. rest of the day. Um, so. Yeah. I mean, this did feel a bit like a game where, I mean, Indiana was definitely playing the run pretty hard, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were yes. some opportunities for Michigan to throw to take advantage of that uh, at the same. And there were also situations where Michigan, um, there was one particular third and short where they just kind of went with a wedge. <laughs> yeah. And they, they moved Indiana off the ball like three yards. It was ridiculous. Uh, Blake Corb just kind of fell over because he didn't think he would still be going. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> he just kind of bounced into people and fell over. It was sort of, mm-hmm. I think he could have had a touchdown to be honest. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, like again, I would be more concerned if it wasn't just a weird, weird game, but totally. this is, we have seen some situations where Michigan has gotten a little bit bogged down um, running the ball where it just doesn't seem super creative, doesn't seem to be working that well. Uh, it felt like we saw less of like the split zone stuff that's been working really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and Donovan Edwards didn't do much, you know, 15 yards on his seven carries. Did have one catch for 10 yards because he's Donovan Edwards, but um, just want to see more from this, really. Yeah, I agree. Um I I would say just to kind of tie McCarthy and and the running game together. Um I did like that he was he was involved a little bit more running. Um I will say I really 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 encourage him to do not take some of the hits that he takes. Uh again, <laughs> um again I am just suggesting um as a fan of someone who who I think we're just going to have to learn to live with some of those. <sighs> yeah. No, you do. As as someone who watches he a at running least seems quarterback to have every Sunday, instincts about turning away from yeah. like 
yeah. uh, the hardest part of the hit, except that yeah. one time where he spun back into the middle of the field when there were two yeah. guys ready to but, you know. Listen, and, and that is like the young player part of it. Like, I have to, again, remember he's like, you know, 19, 20 years old. Um, so, so that just comes with time. Um, hopefully it does not come like learning the hard way after a bad hit. Um, but yeah, th- that is what it is. But um, he was, he was like definitely more mobile and that did make me feel more comfortable. Um, but yeah, the run game, it's really hard to, to evaluate um, and it's super not fair to, but the one touchdown that Coram had was real good. Um, and to be honest, I'm completely fine with Coram at least not getting as many touches just because he's been so involved in the past few games. Oh like, yeah. When you have some point of games back to back, it's okay to dial it down a little bit. It's not like yeah. the light is loaded. It's on still 25 no. carries. Uh, right. Like right. he is. I mean, I'm sure a little bit of this was, uh, um, a little bit of this was just, uh, Holy hell. I just got completely derailed <laughs> by looking at Twitter. I'm sorry. Zach no, Shaw fun. just tweeted, um, Jim Harbaugh said his first high school start at Pioneer, my 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 Pioneer High School, Ann Arbor Pioneer, sure, sure. Was, was a loss to Flint Southwestern in 1978. The opposing head coach, one Fred Jackson, who is stepping into coach running backs when Mike Hart recovers. That rocks. Fred Jackson has been everywhere. He's coached everyone associated with Michigan. I love it. That, that is rocks. amazing. Um, that rocks. God, I uh, yeah, I totally forget what I was going for there with the running game. I don't know, uh, um, like I don't either. But but all I'm saying oh, is like I was going oh, to say yeah, that I, I'm sure well, some <laughs> of it has to do with uh, Donovan Edwards being banged up earlier this year, being in and out of the lineup. It seems very clear that Blake Corm. I mean, it's very clear that Blake Corm is the RB one, and mm-hmm. this is not a one A one B situation. Blake Corm has just been too good to not be the guy and yes. I'm, I'm guessing we'll see donovan Edwards worked in a little bit more i don't know if it's going to be like a 25 to 7 split consistently but uh I, I think it's there's going to be a pretty clear delineation between the two as opposed to um a more last year. timeshare like we were expecting uh before the season or yes like last year yeah i i do think um you know hopefully the edwards thing is not a trend uh just because like he he did not necessarily look decisive on his runs obviously like indiana's run defense was pretty solid they had a really cohesive game plan throughout um and you know i i do think edwards is a bit more explosive i just don't know if like maybe it's like this is not necessarily like he's good at he's good at everything i just don't know like if that if the the carries that he had were like the best suited to his skill set um but yeah i'm fine with it I, I don't think there's much else to say. We can we can move on. All right. At uh at, at pass catchers. Uh we're we're gonna go with that for this section. Uh, Ronnie Bell, 15 targets, eleven catches, 121 yards. Very clearly McCarthy's favorite target, along with Luke Schoonmaker, who had nine catches on 10 targets. Um those guys have really, I would say, separated themselves from pretty much everyone else. So you could maybe put Cornelius Johnson into that. Um into that top group and Robin Wilson when he's healthy, but uh, Bell and Schoonmaker in particular have kind of become the go-to guys. Then Johnson had one pretty bad drop and caught everything else, including a, a pretty tough uh, one hand to save a, a less accurate McCarthy pass from hitting the turf had two touchdowns. Um, he's he's uh, in a bit of a roller coaster. 
and with Roman Wilson sitting with an undisclosed injury that is apparently not a concussion, which uh, runs counter to the rumor that was running during the week, uh, Andrew Anthony and A.J. Henning uh, played more. I thought Anthony looked pretty good. He had Michigan's first catch, I believe. Um, Henning didn't grab a scramble drill potential touchdown from McCarthy that I actually thought upon replay was a pretty incredible throw uh, and just didn't always seem to be in the right place. Uh, was just my general impression. So I, I think unless there's a very specific sort of gadgety thing that they're doing, um, I would prefer to see Anthony out there, although hopefully um, Roman Wilson is back healthy and this becomes a debate about who is the number four wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say Ronnie Bell also kind of um, uh, in the the technical football term is save J.J. McCarthy's ass on that one on that one catch. Yes. Uh, that, yes. That should have been basically in... steal a ball from the defense. back. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. Basically kind of had like a tie up thing um, and and came down with the ball. So so good. Good on him. Um, Cornelius Johnson, to me, is having a really peculiar season, not like for like through of like his fault exclusively it's just really interesting where like he's he's utilized and things like that and specifically with mccarthy because he doesn't see as much time obviously he's he did a little bit now that roman wilson is out um but yeah watching him is is a roller coaster um because yeah that that drop was that drop was bad i'm sorry it was was not great it was it was very donovan people's jonesy um so yeah, like Michigan always has to have one receiver who like has the NFL level talent, but like does not have the hands. Like always has to have a hands guy. Um, so that's always a delight. Um, Schoonmaker again, really really good. I'm having, I have less and less concerns that he can um handle um all's uh snapshare um and kind of take that role again. I keep saying that because I, I am really excited about that. I think this week against Penn State will be probably the the most significant test if Schoonmaker can can fill that role. Um, but obviously for now he's been doing great. Um so yeah. Hey, Eric Hall was rather important in last year's Penn State game. <laughs> perhaps what perhaps. Uh I don't think about it. I thought that that one was like pretty commanding. Never never in doubt. Never <laughs> in doubt. Uh and it's certainly not in doubt this weekend either. Everything's great. Um, but yeah. Cornelius Johnson, like, this is something I do kind of want to look into, like, kind of take a look. I haven't had an opportunity at all to kind of dive into the numbers, but it's just really curious, like, where his season's gone. Um, But that's neither here nor there. Um, And, yeah, I guess this is another one of those situations where it's like, if you want to see the bad, you saw the bad. You saw that that J.J. McCarthy basically almost threw another pick. Um, You saw Cornelius Johnson, like, drop that football and really not account for the touchdown that he had after if you're looking for the good in the game you're seeing the passes that um mccarthy is making and you're seeing his usage of schoonmaker bell um you're seeing andrew anthony do a pretty nice job um again i agree with you on henning where it was kind of like a little disjointed where it was kind of like let's be cute let's have aj henning kind of be utilized as a um as a receiver because again they they had always toyed with um with that, um, yeah, I, I, it's just interesting uh, to to kind of see where they've gone. But again, if you like, again, if you want to see the good, you see the good. If you want to see the bad, like there's plenty of evidence to support your argument that Michigan's a fraud. So you could you could really go either way. And I think even more than last week, 
um, against Iowa, this is like a prime example of things that you can point to because it is Indiana. Yeah. And that dovetails pretty well into a discussion of the offensive line because yeah. they, uh, they kept the quarterback clean. Uh, they did have, they pushed Indiana around on some plays on other plays. It seemed like they uh, got jammed up more than they have uh, previously this season. Uh, we also, Saw Trente Jones uh, go down with what looked like a rather scary injury, but um, apparently, I mean, this is only relative good news. Jim Harbaugh said uh, he thinks it's probably a high ankle sprain, which means um, we will be seeing Carson Barnhart for a little bit in their right tackle because those tend to linger. So, um, yeah, it's I, I thought Barnhart did fine when he replaced Jones and. I don't know. There, there are still the occasional issues picking up blitzes and whatnot, but you've got a quarterback who can escape that pretty well. I don't know how much of that is just like, hey, we're going to let this guy uh, free off the front side because there is no chance that J.J. McCarthy is going to get tackled by a dude he can see. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be curious what their what the coach's evaluation is of the offensive line because uh, this was to me. Certainly not their best performance, but one where they at least kept the uh, crippling errors to a minimum. And uh, that's, uh, I mean, in a game like this, you really just got to make sure to avoid those. Yeah, I agree. I I don't have anything much else to say. Uh, I I think since Barnhart is back, Barnhart is their sixth man. um, And if he's starting at right tackle... My guess is that El Hadi is kind of like the backup guy in most of at those positions. At least on the interior, I don't know who would come in at tackle, but right, I yeah, don't want to think about it. <laughs> yeah, let's let's not let's not think about it. Um, because yeah, Barnhart will come in at, at left tackle occasionally if if he's needed. But yeah, El Hadi will be fine in the interior if if something happens, God forbid. Yeah, um, I wonder if they'd kick Trevor Keegan out to right tackle. That would not surprise me at all. Oh, that's fair. That's very, very true. Um, yeah, I'd be wouldn't, wouldn't I'd be, be the ideal solution, but uh, no. hopefully, no, hopefully Jones not. gets healthy in a few weeks and nothing happens to any of the other starting offensive linemen because depth yeah. uh, does get a little yeah uh, does get the, a little the, shallow. <laughs> yeah, the depth the depth is not it's great because I mean yeah, <laughs> like the, the starters again. Like we cannot speak more highly of of the starters, but once you get into the depth past Barnhart and maybe Alhadi, um. I have a couple questions. Yeah. And again, line the the line, like that is where you kind of need your seasoned guys. Um that that takes time to to cook and and develop. So oof, I mean everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's yeah. fine. I mean Barnhart came in, played 49 snaps, um, mm-hmm. and graded out pretty darn well. Um, didn't give up any pressures. So um yeah. I just said graded out well, like I I'm actually think pff blocking stats mean anything didn't give up any pressures <laughs> don't read anything else into what i just said um all right that is probably enough offense right now uh we are as always brought to you by homefield apparel use the promo code meet at midfield 15 percent off your first order from homefieldapparel.com as uh we teased last week the wyoming collection dropped and my my goodness it's it's gorgeous um it's that there's just a lot of horses, a lot of an angry man with a mustache. Sometimes it's, you know, if either of those sound intriguing to you. Um, yeah. Uh, they're on shirts. The shirts look great. Shirts also feel great. Um, and, uh, yeah, you should order those from home field. They've also been 
just sort of randomly dropping t-shirts for teams that win big games. And I don't know, Michigan's got a big game coming up this week. So uh, who knows? Uh, download the PointsBet app and use the promo code BucketProp to get 100% of your deposit matched up to $1,000 in the form of free bets. To get that bonus, you must use the promo code BucketProp. That is Bucket, P-R-O-B, all one word. Please gamble responsibly. Set limits. Avoid chasing losses. Never bet when you can't afford to lose. Take breaks when you need it. And use the self-exclusion feature to stop yourself from betting. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I need to uh, talk to Connor about practicing reading those faster. <laughs> uh, Listen, we tried our best. You you let us loose. You let us free, and uh, we just kind of we just kind of went with it. I I think I actually. Oh, it was uh, it was excellent. I, I we we were good. trying our best. Uh, we're trying. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, it was it was nice to be able to <laughs> take a week off from that and not feel like I uh, had deprived people of something because uh, they still got a, a good a good podcast um, i sure hope so michigan got a strong effort from their front in this game or at least the line uh we will talk about the linebackers in Bennett. um michigan got seven sacks from pretty much all over the field uh from the end spot or the outside linebacker spot whatever you want to call it uh yabioki Derek moore and Braden mcgregor all recorded sacks. Uh, Oki in general just looked fucking great. Hell yeah! And he, uh, um, if you're wondering who who those snaps came from, uh, he ate heavily into Taylor Upshaw's snaps. Upshaw only saw ten. Um, Oki got into the thirties. So that's uh, that's a a significant shift. Jim Harbaugh had been hinting at it for a while. Not not really hinting at it, just flat out saying uh, you're going to see more of this guy. Because uh, he's been very good and he's picking things up, and he not only looked good uh, as a pass rusher, he looked pretty strong against the run too. And if that's a thing, uh, that he's going to be really dang good. Um, and Derek Moore uh, already looks like an upperclassman as a freshman. Also got a sack. I, I, I'm excited about this defensive front, especially since I thought uh, Mozzie Smith and Chris Jenkins did an excellent job uh playing against the run uh mason graham too um mm-hmm. this was i mean indiana had 80 yards on 18 non-sack carries and that was with a 39 yarder that they ripped off in there so yeah uh for the most part michigan really limited that ground game also got into the backfield with regularity and uh, I, I thought it was just a, an excellent effort from the guys up front yeah i have nothing to add here it was just overall just a wonderful performance i feel um, I know we had a couple like concerns in the non-conference, especially like when when it felt like there wasn't enough enough pressure, I guess. Um, but is it we're I believe like now Michigan is has na- now has more sacks than they did this time last year. Is that correct? Oh, I think it's significantly more. Although one thing to note about Michigan last year is they actually um, did not convert as many sacks as you would think, given. Hmm you know, the reputation of their, uh, given how many sacks the two edge rushers had, uh, but they generated just an astounding amount of pressure. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So yeah, it's, uh, I wouldn't say they're quite as reliable at generating pressure, but they're also uh, tied for fourth in the country in sacks. So I'm not going to complain. No, <laughs> I'm, no, I'm just not. They got 22 sacks in six games. Um, I know the schedule. That rocks. <laughs> I know the schedule's been butt, but uh, I mean, this was a good effort, albeit against an Indiana um, 
offensive line that has been bad. We're, yeah, we're go that was that. just not it was not inspired performance by by their line. They did not protect Connor Bay's lack. Uh that was it was Some just Big Ten a, team fired their offensive line coach this week, but I don't think it was Indiana. I need no. to look back at this. No. Um, what I thought it wait, no, I thought it was. Wasn't Indiana because that would have been really smart of them. And also like it, a pretty rough thing to do. <laughs> a pretty uh strong statement of uh what we should think about their offensive line in the immediate aftermath of that performance. Um, yeah, yeah, sure enough, off. Hoosiers fire O-line coach after the latest poor game. So, yes, this is something that Indiana fans have been calling for and did not think was going to happen. But, yes, they fired Dar- Darren Hiller, like, right yeah. after that game. Like, um, immediately. <laughs> so, uh, Tom yeah. Allen wasted no time. Yeah, I mean, they were, already, they were in Bloomington, so at least it wasn't a tarmac firing, I guess. It was uh, <laughs> probably just a... Um, you you've got a car, right? You got to ride home. Uh, don't, this bus? No, this bus is full. Uh, sorry. Yeah, if we can have your parking pass and and your lanyard. Uh, yeah, thank yeah. You, no, thank so, you so, so uh, much. We're we're changing out the uh the keypad system uh for checking in, and we just want to uh just want to get your keys changed out here. Uh, <laughs> don't worry. Yeah. About it. Uh, yeah. Yikes. The uh, speaking of yikes. Yeah. So the defensive line play was made even more uh impressive, I would say by uh the linebackers and that's oh not a good God. thing because i would say the linebackers were not so good um we saw it was mostly junior colson and mike barrett um the snap distribution was 62 for colson and 55 for barrett then uh kalel mullings had 22 uh jimmy mm. rolder played 16 those were the four main linebackers um barrett got beat real bad um <laughs> getting out to a running back on Indiana's touchdown, he just, uh, I don't know whether he just got lost looking into the backfield or didn't realize that was his assignment until it was too late. But it was like, yes, some, something like you bad can... happened there. <laughs> and like, and then he didn't finish the tackle no. because he could have absolutely stopped them from getting from getting at least to the end zone. Like, I don't think he could have stopped that first out like a first and goal situation, but he did not finish that tackle. And I was like. Oh no. Oh no. Uh so that was that was not inspiring. Um, but he also technically had a sack. Um he yeah, also he might have come in completely unblocked on that sack, but uh That's true, that's true. But like listen, uh I'm trying to find some good here because that was just like uh, I mean Yeah. Yeah. Uh we need more positives from Junior like I think the thing we may take away from this game eventually is that it wasn't as bad as first thought because the mistakes were just very noticeable, but uh, that's still not a great baseline to be working from. No, so, and, and and I don't love the linebackers how they match up against Penn State. That is my um, number one concern for that game is that Penn State like it has is a guys real... who are dangerous at the second level. Yep, and yep, also yep, yep, a yep, quarterback yep. who can move a little bit. Um, yeah, but uh, that'll be a concern for the premium podcast, uh, and I will tease that we are planning to have a Penn State guest on for that. So, uh, um, not only will we already know what we're talking about, we will have somebody who knows what they're talking about and knows Penn State. So, yeah, uh, and is actually like taking the time to sit down and watch all of their games, as opposed to me, who's like, I would rather. I have not watched a snap of Penn State football, and I think I'm a better person for it. Yeah, I don't um, like their schedule just hasn't. <laughs> I mean, it has not been conducive to watching them because like the Auburn game wasn't close. And then, no, I don't know. They, they played Ohio. It's just, it, you know, 
I we can't talk cast judgment like on Michigan that. Schedule has been I was going to say, what are you saying? I was like, what are you saying? I'm like, people but, are not tuning in to watch like, Hawaii this It's year. my job to watch Michigan. <laughs> and, okay, that's true. Uh, that's no, nobody's paying me to watch Penn State. And uh, is- until they do, um, which will be uh, Saturday, um, then, uh, then I'm opting out. I'm opting out for the most part. Uh, we'll get back to good things now. Uh, the secondary, yes. uh, Connor Bazalek. Needed 49 attempts to reach 203 passing yards. And when you throw in that uh, Michigan had seven sacks, uh, which went for a net of 61 yards loss for the offense. Um, Passing game, not very productive uh, is what we can say. I'm not going to do that math in my head, but that is not a lot of yards for drop back at all. Um, And we also had, uh, um, I think, a pretty representative play for Basilak where like he felt some pressure uh chucked a pass that uh his receiver could not touch uh and fell directly into the well had to be scooped off the turf by Rod Moore in pretty impressive fashion but um that that was one of those picks where it's just like uh this dude's seeing things like <laughs> he's seeing things that aren't necessarily there the pass rush is messing with him and i also i'm not sure he's seen an open receiver all day and that is wow. starting to make him uh a little antsy back there and yeah. and michigan got to him for sure. I also like, wasn't it like the the play before, like, or a like, or even like a set of downs before? Um, he basically did the same thing and Oki broke up that pass, which yes. also could have been an interception. Um, so again, really great day for Ayabi Oki. So that rocks. Um, but yeah, like it was like he did that. Oki broke that pass up. Um, and then immediately after was like, you know what? No, I have to throw this ball to someone. I have to throw this ball to somebody. It doesn't matter who it is. And just, it, yeah, Rod Moore got it. But that was that was really nice. Um, and again, uh, I I think definitively, um, I know we kind of said like the sack thing from like this year to last year is like not a really great one-to-one, um, but Michigan certainly has far more sacks or is or should be on pace to, right? Like they should be on pace to to beat their number last year. Oh yeah. No, they weren't by a good margin the country last year. No, they're going to, I mean, yeah. Cause I think they're what, taking was more it? risk to do it. And yeah. part of that risk involved. Well, I don't even want to say part of that risk because uh, in this mm-hmm. game, we haven't mentioned yet. Absolute fucking ref show. Just, <laughs> just brutal. Uh, you know, absolutely went both ways. There were, there were bad calls both ways. Um, but uh, yeah, DJ Turner got hit with a couple pretty questionable flags in this one, I would say. Yeah. Um, so that was, I mean, for a moment there in the first half, Indiana's pretty much only means of reliably moving the ball was just to chuck the ball in the air and hope to get a penalty. Um, one of those penalties was a personal foul on Jalen Harrell for sniffing his fingers, uh, <laughs> which, uh, yeah, these refs are not on TikTok, and I I, I cannot blame them for that, but... Um, if they had watched, I don't know, one other football game all season, they would have seen that celebration like five or six times, I think. So yeah. I don't know. The, these guys just need to, I mean, for one thing, chill the fuck out and realize that we're not here to watch them. And for yeah. another, uh, maybe just get the get the basic shit right. Like uh, allowing Michigan to substitute when Indiana hurries up and then substitutes. Um, yeah, that was brutal. That, that resulted in a in a nice play for Indiana and a penalty on Michigan, and a real angry Jim Harbaugh. And then, thankfully, yeah. later Indiana got a penalty for trying that bullshit again, and the, the officials actually let Michigan substitute. And they th- did the thing you should do and they that they were trying to do earlier, which is 
take a fat guy off. Have him run real <laughs> slow. It's great um, because you're allowed to do it. You can't say, oh, make this 330-pound defensive tackle who's winded run faster to the sideline. <laughs> He's got no motivation to do that. And all of a sudden, that that's that's what you get for trying to run tempo and also substitute. Pick one, Indiana. Pick one. Um, that's true. I will say um, that the, the slow substitutions were also helpful in like combating Indiana's tempo because they did try tempo on Michigan's defense. And for a while, that was not going so hot. Um, so that is something again, to keep in the back pocket, not anything that I'm overly concerned about, but yeah, uh, tempo seems to be something that like, if you want to like bother Michigan a little, you know, you know, keep things moving. Um, that's just an overall comment on the defense. The secondary was great. Um, secondary was fine. Um, and again, you don't hear Jamon Green's name because he's got his guy. He he's covering his guy. Like, yeah, like there was what the one shot that was actually downfield against him was just like he's in this dude's pocket. Right. He gave up three catches, which is probably news to everyone listening to this because you probably right. didn't notice them because they went for 19 total yards. Exactly. Um, it was kind of the same deal with Mike Sainer still and DJ Turner. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sainer still targeted seven times, gives up 27 yards on four catches. Turner targeted six times, gives up 39 yards on two questions, hit with some bullshit flags, but we covered yeah. that. Uh, Rod Moore two catches for 15 yards on four targets. Um, yeah. And, and then you get to uh, um, five catches for 45 yards on five targets against junior Colson. And that's where we get back to the linebacker. Concern. Yeah. Um, we're going to, we're going to skip over that part. Um, we're skip over the part. Yeah. And Will Johnson targeted twice, gives up one catch for three yards. Uh, he, uh, he rotated in a fair amount. And this one looked pretty good. Wasn't yeah. tested a lot because uh, it's Indiana. Um, and also they were down their best receiver, which, uh, did not help things uh, because uh, yeah, they're not, they're not particularly good. So uh, Sanders still had a really nice uh, breakup on the goal line. Um, Mm -hmm. Continues to be awesome. uh, Minus that, that one little uh, hitch up in coverage against Maryland. Uh, He has been pretty much perfect. Also had another uh, uh, quarterback hurry in this game. Didn't get a sack, uh, which is kind of surprising for, you know, um, as we all predicted heading into the season, uh, quarterback pass rushing specialist mike sanders still but <laughs> yep that's uh, what i had on my bingo board yep uh, uh yeah just like all of us football is a thing that very much makes sense and is easy to predict uh yeah i think i think that's it uh the defense special teams really quick uh henning had another big punt return which uh i like those i think he should keep doing them um i don't think we should keep doing the thing where we let them block our field goal i did not no, like, I like that, that. Um, though um michigan and also michigan's block of indiana's field goal seemed like it was due in large part to the kicker just line driving it (laughs) because uh they (laughs) didn't get a lot i mean that was just mike morris sticking a paw up there from the line of scrimmage basically yeah that was low that was a low kick um and like brad brad robbins uh like um his mustache and his punting are both on the same level right now and that's as high a compliment as i can give his punting um it's it's really it's tremendous stuff. So overall on this game, I mean, I was, you know, I spent the week encouraging people to bet Michigan to cover. Um, <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, well, the line opened when I when I said that uh, on um, whatever podcast, I think it might have been the premium pod uh, before last week. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the The line was at 21. Um, and in that case, congratulations, you at least got out of the push. <laughs> Damn it. Um, 
for everybody else. Uh, blame the special teams for that blocked field goal and also just uh, the absolute weirdness of that first half because I'm going to go ahead and say that but saying Michigan should have covered was spiritually correct. And the fact that Michigan should have covered in that game despite what happened in the first half and all of the ref bullshit um, and this game happening on the road, uh, I, th- I think even against a team that is not good, and Indiana is not good, uh, again, they fired their offensive line coach pretty much the moment the game ended. Um, I think you take that win and you run. Like I, I think that's just what you do with that one is you look back and go, hey, that was a hell of a second half. Um, that was also a hell of a first half, but in an entirely different way. We're going to mm-hmm. burn the first half tape, appreciate the second half tape, and move on to Penn State. Yeah, that's really all I got. I, I would agree with that. Um, yeah, I guess we're on to Penn State. Yeah. Um, and uh, that brings us to our Big Ten team of the week for each of us. Again, this is not about picking the best team because that was Ohio State. Um, we don't Ugh. want to talk about it. Uh, I mean, it was funny that that happened to Michigan State. Let's, let's not lie. <laughs> yes. But uh, um, we don't need to say that Ohio State is really good. Uh, no, we don't. We don't. We don't need to focus on it. So the Big Ten team of the week is just about the Big Ten team that we want to focus on during this segment. So, uh, Taylor, take it away. Yeah. Uh, so first of all, uh, shout out uh, to Indiana and Rutgers for making offensive changes. Uh, thank you. You're making things, I mean, like nothing's going to get better. Marginally more watchable, maybe. (laughs) No, probably probably not. not. But still, thank you for like doing something about it. Um, Well, I mean, they still have Walt Bell at Indiana. So this is just going to be changing out O-line coaches. And and that's definitely not going to take hold this year. Rutgers, Rutgers, at least somebody different is calling the plays. (laughs) Yes. uh, Nunzio Campanelle. I remember that because his name is distinctly Italian. Um, That's the new play caller is Nunzio? Yes, Nunzio Campanelle. Oh, I'm so excited. I hope this works out because that man should permanently be Rutgers offensive coordinator. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like they're Chiano in Jersey, Nunzio Chiano. 2024. We can already see the signs, everybody. Yeah, I haven't done too much uh, research in that beyond that. I saw I saw the name of, of who was coming. <laughs> I mean, you in probably saw them at some like Christopher Columbus parades over the weekend, too. But, yeah, uh... <laughs> yikes. Yikes. Um, Sorry, anyway. that's a joke. <laughs> yeah, brutal, brutal, brutal stuff. Um, uh, sorry to our Italian listeners. Um... Yeah, sorry to Dan specifically. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I'm sorry, Dan. Um Sorry to you. Uh, anyway, uh, Payne Durham dragged half of uh, Maryland's defense to the goal line against Maryland. Uh, Purdue is my team of the week. That's all I got. Um, man, Maryland's season is just weird. Like, I just don't really know what to make of that. What They lost by, like, two. Um, yeah, they lost by two to Purdue. Um, yeah. 31-29. Yeah. Oh, that's and, gross. Uh, that's gross. Gave up 360 passing hours to Aiden O'Connell. That's gross. 109 receiving yards of Payne Durham. Uh, yeah, so, that's right. Uh, yeah. Payne Hive. Mean, we're back up. Yeah. Mar- Maryland. Uh, I mean, it's <sighs> almost like Michigan State is a total fraud. <laughs> yeah, it's almost. <laughs> one one that... almost starts to get that sense. Yeah. Uh, and uh, also one starts to get the sense that maybe Michigan does not want to think back to how uh, their game against Maryland went. Um, yeah, I wouldn't. I, I don't want to. I don't want to think about it. We're going to treat it like the Nebraska game last year, which is uh, they won and shut up. (laughs) Yep. But Uh, don't worry about it. Yeah. Because, yeah, uh, they're like Purdue fumbled three times and lost two of them. Like, come on. Yeah. 
It's gross. Yeah. And Maryland had a two-point conversion to tie this game up and didn't get it. So um That's so gross. Yeah. That's really, really gross. I want to note I watched zero seconds of that football game. In fact, uh how many of these matchups did I watch? Okay. Um Nebraska Rutgers happened on Friday. And I was not watching that. Uh, I hate to admit it. I was watching a little bit of that because I had Ooh. money on Rutgers to cover, and boy, did they! Because <laughs> they only lost fourteen to thirteen, and they were plus three. God, I love gambling. <laughs> oh, um, that's so gross. Yeah, they gave Ooh. up a late touchdown to Nebraska, which was losing thirteen nothing at halftime and won fourteen to thirteen. If you were watching that football game like me and you didn't have money on it. I am deeply concerned. I'm also concerned for the people who had money on it, but I'm one of you. Um, Wisconsin beat Northwestern 42 to seven. That's enough of that. Um, yes. uh, we mentioned Ohio State 49, Michigan State 20. Enough of that. Uh, Michigan, Indiana was uh, the game we just talked about. And that brings me to the one I want to talk about mm-hmm. Illinois 9, Iowa 6. Please. Uh, Please. Holy shit. Um, I have. <laughs> I have Bill Connolly's advanced box score open in front of me, and there is so much red on this chart, folks. No. There is so much no. red. Um, Illinois beat Iowa at their own game. That That is the only way you can talk about this. Um, Iowa had 222 yards on 66 plays. Illinois explodes for 316 yards on 75 <laughs> Um, that is, that is 4.2 yards for play, uh, for those of you playing along at home. Um, the, uh, explosive play rate was, uh, below 10% for both teams, obviously. Um, Iowa had an average drive distance of 14.2 yards. Uh, it was 23.8 for Illinois. Um, both teams had a three and out percent of at least 33, uh, in Iowa's case, it was 46. Um, Iowa, it, the total number of plays run in the red zone combined for both teams in this game was 16. Nobody scored a touchdown. Oh. Illinois had one successful red zone play. Um, Illinois also uh, turned the ball over three times to Iowa's one, which is the uh, un-Iowa thing about this game is they lost the turnover battle. Um, but um. I mean, the reason that Illinois was stuck in this is because Tommy DeVito went out on a hit uh, while he was sliding early in this game. Uh, while he had not been particularly effective passing the ball, um, he did mm-hmm. at least have one scramble for 16 yards. He was replaced by Art Sitkowski. Stop. <laughs> who threw, Stop. Uh, threw for 74 yards on 19 attempts. Um, yeah. Uh, had and one, I'm seeing an one scramble for zero yards. Um, yes. Also threw a pick. Um, but Spencer Petrus, uh, boy, Spencer. Oh uh, no! I'm looking at I'm looking so, at so the he box took score. he took five sacks. Um, he, he attempted 36 passes, and uh, those he completed 18 of them, <sighs> and, and those covered 170 yards. Um, that is what uh, 3.5 yards per drop back. What? Uh, oh no! Yeah, uh, no. Just uh, um. 17 oh. targets for Sam Laporta. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what else right. to say. And that was by far the best offense that Iowa had. Um, he averaged 5.9 yards per intended touch. Uh, otherwise, it was a lot of dinking and dunking to like Nico Regani, mm-hmm. uh, uh, dump offs to LaShawn Williams. Um, just 
it was bad. Spencer Pete just ran five times. Uh, for stop. No, he didn't. Cards. No, he didn't. Um, yeah, int- <laughs> intentionally. Dual um, threat Spencer Peaches. Uh, yeah, um, he averaged negative 3.6 yards before contact. <laughs> that is a war crime. Like, Brian Ferentz <laughs> is doing war crimes. This box score is a war crime. Um, oh, no. Somehow, Iowa was the more aggressive team targeting uh, receivers downfield by a significant margin. Um, oh, I just I I should probably I should probably stop reading this box score. Please before, stop. Uh, yeah, uh, I will. I will one, say last one. Uh, Iowa yeah. had uh, um, exactly one third of their rushes go for zero or fewer yards, and no, uh, no. only sixty percent of them go for five or more. <laughs> no, no, absolutely yeah. not. Yeah, um, they averaged. Uh, oh my god, no, last one. They averaged negative one point zero <laughs> yards before contact. Stop. That's so <laughs> like the fact. How is Brian Ferentz still doing this? How is this okay? The, the only answer is nepotism. There is literally well, yes. a Slate article on it today uh, from Alex Kirshner. Uh, because, <sighs> um, yeah, never forget that Iowa uh, circumvented nepotism law to make sure that the worst offensive coordinator possibly in Big Ten history could stay there for a long time. Um, when they did it, it was originally as an offensive line coach, and that worked. But uh, when you combine nepotism with the Peter principle, you get Brian Ferentz, and that's yeah. that's horrible. It's horrible. Um, yeah. Ugh, any gross. last thoughts before we uh, we sign off on uh, on the combination of nepotism and the Peter principle? No. Um, all I will say is that, like, just something to to keep in mind about again. I, I'm. I like I like to kind of take my victory laps. I like to like be right. Um, who doesn't? But I do specifically. Um, and I never admit that I'm wrong. Um, basically, uh, Sam Laporta and uh, and uh, Payne Durham are basically having an identical season, uh, which rocks to me. Um, obviously, uh, Durham has more touchdowns because um, a Purdue Place technically an has offense. an offense. <laughs> yeah, a Purdue has offense. Um, I mean, it's not. I wouldn't even say like Purdue's offense is like phenomenal. It's just like an offense. Um, but, but that I, unfortunately that does um, kind of lend itself like advantage Laporta because he's really trying to do the most with, with so little. Um, so, so shout out, shout out to you, Sam Laporta uh, because yikes, yikes. Uh, yeah. It's really bad. Yeah. Uh, um, they on have the, on the like, Iowa tight end out. Um, yeah. They've actually managed. I, I I learned this past week from following fantasy football because uh, people are getting really ornery about Kyle Pitts, as I'm sure you are aware. Because yes. uh, Atlanta not only refuses to really throw it to him, they often don't even put him on the field, which is a wild thing to do when you have Kyle Pitts. That's um, silly. But um, one of the players who outscored Kyle Pitts, um, I don't think on Sunday, but the previous Sunday in fantasy football was Parker Hesse. And Stop. if you remember Parker Hesse, he did play for Iowa, but he wasn't a tight end. He Stop. was a defensive tackle. Stop. <laughs> he was an undersized <laughs> defensive lineman. And now he's a 6'3", 260-pound tight end for, you guessed it, the Atlanta fucking Falcons, the team that also has Kyle Pitts. I can't even believe this. I'm just... 
No, I, he was I will their not... starting tight end when Kyle Pitts set out on Sunday. <laughs> I will not count that as part of the Iowa tight end factory. I refuse. Um, but yeah, mainly the difference between uh, Durham and and uh, Laporta seasons are touchdowns. Um, basically, they have um, and I like just identical stat lines. Like uh, Durham's got twenty eight receptions. Uh, Laporta has, I think, like thirty. Um, I believe the difference between them in yards that they have is like maybe like 10 or 20, but yeah, Durham has three touchdowns and, and Laporta has none. So yeah. Uh, yikes. It's things are bad. Things of, are lack of targets, but yeah, uh, end things, zone targets, things are bad. Di- different category. Things uh, are bad. I'm going to sign off bad, with the bad. note that the uh, fourth thing that comes up in the people also ask a uh, section on Google for Parker Hesse is who is number 46 for the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> No. What an Iowa number. Oh, that's so good. At tight end, he's wearing 46, and he's catching more passes than Kyle Pitts. Um, uh, yeah, Arthur Smith, Smith should probably be thrown in the Hague, but that's uh, a discussion for an NFL podcast. Uh, <sighs> this has been the Bucket Problem. Uh, follow at Bucket Problem and at Beat Midfield on Twitter. Uh, sign up for BeatAmidfield.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this here free podcast. Uh, and use the promo code meet at midfield at homefieldapparel.com and the promo code bucket prob on points bet. Thank you for listening. Have a great week.